Welcome to the Leadership in Yoga podcast hosted by me, Shauna Kruger. And on this podcast, I'll be bringing you interviews with exceptional leaders in the yoga world alongside trainings and tips so you can experience true breakthroughs and help others do the same. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all you leaders out there. And if you feel like that you're not actually a leader, you're about to find out that you really are. So welcome into Leadership in Yoga. And today we're going to be talking about three steps to redefine yourself. And when I say redefine yourself, it can be redefine yourself as a leader or just in how you lead yourself, because leadership is essentially the skill of influence. And I've said this many times before, but the first person that we must influence is ourselves always. Our decisions, our patterns, our actions, our baseline state. So at the end of this episode, um, I'm actually going to tell you one of my favorite stories from when I very clearly realized that I had redefined myself. I was going to tell it at the beginning of the episode to kind of hook your attention, but it's actually going to be a lot better at the end once you have a little bit more of an understanding of everything that had to happen and all of the steps that I had to go through in order to make that pivotal point just kind of pop into my reality. So before we get into anything, I know that words like redefine and change and transform, they can get kind of a bad rap because people will say, you know, I shouldn't need to change. I am who I am. It's me. If you don't like me, then that's your problem, right? So if you were to add change for other people to the end of that statement, that's another story. That one I will agree with. Notice the difference. I don't need to change. Eh, wrong. <laughs> As you'll come to see. Versus I don't need to change for other people. Truth. And that's really why we're here today to do this work. In every sense that you exist in this world, you are existing in a fluid world. You will be changing. Um, you will be changed by your environment. So I'm really in the business today of making sure that you are the driving force behind the change that it's you making the decisions that you are creating and not just reacting. I really like to think of this metaphor of a tea bag that we're like tea, we're kind of steeping ourselves in the environment and in the information around us, who we choose to hang out with, um, what we let in, like what we consume literally, but also in, in terms of information and things that come in to our mind every, every single day. So what you're actually able to do is pick yourself up and steep yourself in a different type of tea. So to have just a little cheesy moment, don't get scared, but don't run away. But if your life right now and how you're experiencing it is not really fully your cup of tea, quote unquote, see what I did there? <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have a chance to pick yourself up and begin to steep yourself in, in something entirely different. So there have been thousands and thousands of studies on neuroplasticity and I am no neuroscientist but you know we used to think after the mid-20s or so the brain didn't change that fundamentally and we now know that that is entirely wrong we can essentially rewire change patterns gain new ways of being you name it new languages so first off stop telling yourself that you're stuck or that it's hard to redefine yourself that it's hard to change or hard to teach an old dog new tricks because you are literally making yourself stuck by saying that. You're making yourself stuck. You're reinforcing your stuckness, essentially. 
there's this beautiful quote that I came across while reading the Gene Keys this week that says, human beings are in fact rolling waves of consciousness with no fixed identity. We are programmed to continually hit the shores of our limitations and dissolve into something else. How about that? (laughs) I don't know about you, but for me, when I read this, I was like, what a beautiful way of thinking about it, you know? Instead of it being hard or we're hitting something like that's blocking us, it's the shores of our limitations. It's not the absolute limit of our limitations, it's the shores of them. And so how often we're able to cross into that that zone of discomfort and push ourselves to change and dissolve into something new, um, the more we're essentially going to be rewarded with seeing changes in the direction that we are looking to find. And this is really something that you're going to learn as well if you study the yoga sutras or if you maybe already have done so. Our true self, like who we are deep, deep down, and I won't go too much into this because I have another episode, um, I'll link it in the in the show notes, but if we go deep down into how we define ourselves beyond like, I'm a female, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a yogi, I'm a human, right? Like you go further and further, you take off all of these definitions, who are you really? You're not even your mind, right? You're the seer or the watcher of your thoughts. And if you've never really experienced that concept or you don't know what I'm talking about, if you can just close your eyes for a moment, listen to your thoughts. Just listen to your thoughts for a moment. Listen to the voice inside your head. And if you're thinking, I don't know what voice she's talking about, like this doesn't make any sense. How long are we going to do this for? That is the voice. That's the voice I'm talking about. So you are the watcher, the listener, watcher, listener, observer, you, the thoughts and the voice, not you. So as humans, we kind of have this fear of not being defined or not being one way. And that's because it's, you know, our identity is essentially what reassures us that we exist, that we have a place in the web of society. So while we can actually see that that's actually not accurate at all, we will continue to give the mind something more accessible to work with, something to kind of hold on to, and that is going to be redefined. That's where the redefine comes in. So the mind is still going to get to define, (laughs) don't worry, but you are going to choose. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, cut all definitions of yourself, be like a free rolling wave and just exist and be enlightened because you're going to be super lost and extremely overwhelmed if you try to jump onto an idea like that. It's probably going to go in one ear and out the other ear. So we're not going to do that. That's why we're going to talk about redefine because I think it's super useful for our modern society. And I also think it's a beautiful stepping stone to take back a little bit of that control from just kind of the chance programming that we've been left to as we go to school and we grow up. So to jump into what the three steps actually are to define yourself, to to redefine yourself rather, excuse me, you're going to define it and then you're going to desire it and then finally you're going to develop it. Those are the three steps. So step number one, when I say define it, I mean that you need to get super, super clear about where you are at and where you want to go. It sounds very basic when I say it, But the craziest part about this is that we're usually entirely blind or mostly blind to a lot of the things about our current situation that are actually holding us back, that are making us stuck, 
And it's actually really difficult to get that kind of honest feedback from someone else. I think a lot of times we say, you know, we might notice something in a friend or a family that we would love to help in it, but it's like, you know what? I guess they just have to learn that lesson on their own. They just can't see it yet. So pause for a moment now and ask yourself truthfully, what is holding you back? Where are you limiting yourself for fear of failure? Where are you hurting and yet returning again and again without changing anything? Where are you complaining but never taking action? And if that's a little bit difficult, think a little bit further and maybe ask, what areas of your life might people who care about you say, "Ah, I wish I could help, but I guess she'll just have to learn this on her own. Or maybe a better way of thinking about it is, What things are you currently experiencing that you would not want someone that you love have to experience? And I'm not sure what you're up to right now, if you're walking or driving or or how you're feeling, but if you can't think about this now and it feels kind of like you're stuck and you're not really sure, jot this down, use it as a journal prompt later on when you have the mental space to think about it and come back to it. Then we'll move on to where you want to go. And I'm going to tell you what I did in, in this sense. There's lots of different ways to think about where you want to go. You know, dream boarding and vision boarding's gotten a lot of credit these days, um, just writing in general. And I did something that uh, worked really, really well for me, and I've done it a couple times since I originally did it. And what I call this list is the ideal version of myself. So before you freak out and say, hey, like we're all ideal just as we are, like we're good enough just as we are, yes. Yes, I know, on a soul level, 100% with you, we're on the same page. But I also think that we often think that we are all special snowflakes. And while we are all special, um, as long as it's you that's writing your list and you're not letting society tell you what to put on there, and you're definitely not letting a partner or family, please, no, (laughs) force you to be a certain way, as long as it's you drafting and you in control, then you are going to experience beautiful amount of growth from this exercise, I promise you. And one way that I kind of watched out for this to make sure that I was being in integrity with myself when I was writing my list is just asking myself why. Like I put on my list, um, I am funny. Why? You know, is it to impress others? Or is it because I genuinely like to laugh? Okay, I like to laugh and I love to share laughter in that fun, funny vibe and energy with other people. So, okay, it stays on. If I put something on, like, I want to be the most fit version of myself, or I want to get fit, why? Is it because I'm trying to impress my partner? Maybe a little bit. But deeper down than that, is it that I feel better? I feel like I have more energy. It's on track with my career goals. There's a whole other list of whys on there that add value, okay, that stays on my ideal version of myself. And I just wanna remind you that the very fact that you have these ideas on your mind means that they exist somewhere within you as a seed. So don't feel like you're being overly idealistic. If you can think of it and it's something that you wanna put on your list, put it on. Put it on there because not everyone has the courage or even has the same ideas as you. So trust in that kind of whisper that you um, are hearing. Step number two is going to be desire it. 
And the way to change is often being so freaking fed up with the way that things have been going that you feel pulled. You desire to experience a different reality. It's not a push like, like someone's forcing you to do it. And you're not forcing yourself to do it, but you feel a deeper longing. And it's like you no longer accept one more day thinking and feeling and being how you are right now. And you also know, though, that redefining isn't going to happen overnight. So I'm not saying that it's a snap of your fingers and everything changes, but the decision does. The decision does happen at the snap of a finger. Decisions are often broken as well at the snap of a finger. But notice here how you can add a little bit of value and momentum to the decisions that you make. I like to think of this concept uh, that's called cognitive tethering, and you might have heard me talk about it before, but it's essentially getting back to understanding your why. So if my my um, decision that I want is like, I'm going to get fit, like, ah, I'm going to do it. I'm really going to make it happen. Why? Um, because I want to be able to do active things. Like what? You know, why do you want to do active things? And then you go down and down and down many, many levels, at least like probably 10 levels. And you, you come to this vision of yourself, like standing at the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> That's a lofty goal, but you want to stand at the top of a mountain at sunrise, just having hiked up in the dark and being so proud of yourself, feeling tired, but also so capable and so alive, right? That's what you need to get to. And from there, now every time that you're going to work out, you're not just going to work out just to work out because you said that you were going to do it. You're going so that you can stand on the top of the freaking mountain at sunrise and feel more accomplished than you have ever felt and more powerful and more badass than you have ever felt in your life. So if that sounds a little bit dramatic, I'm being serious. Like I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. You know, you have to find the things that really inspire you. And if you're doubting and you feel like you don't really know, look at people around you who are doing things that you like. Look at, you know, any sort of field that even remotely interests you and then cultivate that interest. You have to be consistent and strategic about cultivating that interest. If that is really not working for you and you don't you don't feel like any draw to anything in particular, you can also think about things that you absolutely despise, if that's easier, it usually is for whatever reason, and then look for the opposite of that activity or the opposite of that idea. So step number three now is develop it. And what do I mean by develop it? You know, develop the redefined you. It means that after making the decision, you begin to put in the work and you begin to acknowledge the payoff. For this step, I just want to go and tell you my experience starting back at step one so that it all makes sense and and explain to you just by using an example what I mean, because I think that this one can get a little bit into the weeds. It's a little bit difficult to kind of conceptualize. So if we go back to step one, defining, first off, I defined where I was at entirely when I first did this exercise. And to be honest with you, the words that I was using to describe myself were weak mentally and physically. Um, I was never the aggressor. I was not on the offense. I felt very shy. I, I felt like 
I just was not very good at putting myself out there. And when I did put myself out there, I was extremely awkward and clumsy. Like I, I also felt just weak on the level of like, I didn't have a lot of muscle, you know, even back when I played basketball, I always felt like I was too small, too light. You know, I was getting injured. Um, I wasn't really, I wasn't big enough or whatever, whatever the mental story was. And then when I even found yoga, that wasn't necessarily much better because I was also extremely, I, I was not flexible at all. I could not touch my toes. And so, I mean, that spilled over even to things like dancing, like in social events. Like I felt like I wasn't good at, at dancing. And my first breakthrough after defining all of this was realizing that this definition of myself was probably like a light on at 30%. Like if you think about one of those dimmer switch lights, I probably had the light on at 30%. I don't wanna live with a 30% of my light. <laughs> I don't think it's fair to me. I don't think it's fair to you. I don't think it's fair to anyone in the world. And I would ask yourself the same question, you know, what percentage right now are you living at with your light turned on at? what would 100% look like? Probably wilder than your wildest dreams. I don't know that I, I know what my 100% is yet, but I can sure as hell tell you I am much closer up towards that 100% now and stepping into an entirely whole new space. But before I got up into these really just kind of like radical ideas, I started with something pretty reasonable. Um, I made this list, like I said earlier, about my ideal version of myself. And one of the things I wrote was, I'm strong. And I'm actually going to read you here just a little bit from this original list that I did when I first did this exercise. I wrote, I am confident. I do not make excuses. I am fun and funny. I see multiple paths to my ideas and dreams. I am not perfect and I own up to my mistakes. I'm a quick learner to what I dedicate myself. I'm a great dancer and I dance for fun often. I'm one human in this whole universe. I do not self-pity or feel victimization. I am powerful. I am strong yet flexible. And I do not mirror others in their beliefs. I educate myself and question myself. <laughs> and so I wrote this list and it goes on and on and on. I kept adding to it, of course. But after I wrote this, I put in the work. I don't know about, about you, and you can try this exercise out, I encourage you to do so, but just the mere exercise of writing this all down already gave me momentum. From there, I started just investing in myself. I started researching, and I go a lot more into the my story on the podcast number 11, I think if I'm not mistaken, so if you want to hear more about that in detail, you can head over there. And after all of this putting in the work, which is going to look different from all of us, I finally began to acknowledge the change. And some things popped up slowly over a few months, some of them over a few years. And my favorite, favorite story to exemplify this acknowledgement um, was actually when I was around a, a group of people who did not know me at all. And so... To set the scene for you, what had happened is I was um, going to study Spanish in Ecuador and I was with a group of, of people who essentially didn't really know anything about me, like they didn't know my background and they were all new connections and we were on this trip within the first week to the equator and <laughs> 
if you've ever been or like seen the kind of things that they do on the equator, they'll show you how like on the northern hemisphere, water will go down a drain in one direction and on the southern, it'll go down in the opposite direction. And so essentially what the idea that they were saying is that if a the strongest person ever stands on one side, I don't remember which side, and then a lighter, smaller person stands on the other side, the lighter, smaller person will actually have extra strength. And so the person who was hosting this event at the equator asked the group, who is the strongest one in your, in your group? And people pointed at me. I, I could not, I literally could not believe it. I was, I was like, this is crazy, you know? And maybe it's not as, as clear to you as it was when this hit me, but I had just never been singled out before as the strong one. I know that I had been going to the gym for many years. I'd been putting on muscle. I had completely reconfigured my physical body and, and a lot of my, my mind as well. But for me, when I was singled out as the strong one and chosen, it was just like the icing on the cake, you know? This group of people who doesn't know anything about me or how I used to be, um, they know me and they see me as a strong person. And how beautiful is that to see that acknowledgement socially? Not all acknowledge. I can't speak. <laughs> Not all acknowledgements will be social. You know, some of them will be super private to you, and that's just the nature, and that's wonderful as well. But I think the final reminder that I want to give you here before we wrap up is just that you don't have to be who you've always been, even if that's who people expect you to be. A lot of times we don't have the privilege or the ability to just be immersed in a new group of people in, while we're in the process of re redefining ourselves. Um, that's, just, that's just how it is. So you have to be really aware of the fact that if someone isn't playing on your team, if they're not telling you that you can do anything, that they believe in you as much as you believe in yourself, they are ultimate, ultimately playing against you, unfortunately. And trying to please them and yourself at the same time will wear you down and it will keep you stuck. Even if it's out of love, you know, because they don't want you to grow away from them, there's, there's really no space for that behavior. I know that sounds really intense, but it's true. I've said this before and I've seen it recently in my own life and the life of others that many, time, many times people just, they don't want the best version of us. They want the version of us that's best for them. And so it's difficult, of course, to control others. But my final challenge for you is to notice where you as well may be holding someone back, expecting them to do what they've always done. Um, next time you feel yourself slip into that tendency, see if you can support them in their evolution and, and just trust that it's all going to work out in the end all gonna work out of the end trust and you know you really get out of this life what you put into it so that's a wrap for today all the love and all the power to you and i'll see you in the next episode ciao ciao